You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. The Daily Music Business Podcast. The content of this episode of the Daily Music Business Podcast comes from a video on the YouTube channel of Outer Loop Group. Go to outerloop.group backslash YouTube to subscribe. For Outer Loop Coaching's free seven steps to getting signed PDF, please visit outerloopcoaching.com today. Let's dive in. Ben, I feel bad to, like, you know, to go from, you know, these two guys talking about, like, you know, how you feel about whether something's right. What about that cold, hard data that tells you when it's <laughs> I mean, that's, that's a, it's a, it's a really good question. And, um, and we take the position of not having an opinion, just sharing the data, you know, and saying, this is what we see. You know, this is not Ben Brannon's opinion, you know, on what the state of the industry is. It's, this is what it is. And you can do with that as you please. There's anomalies to everything, right? This is just the averages. This is, you know, a, a, a bar for you to, you know, rate yourself against your dollars per head. Are they above? Or are they below? Are, you know, when you're looking at genre based on venue capacity, gross merchandise sales for a headlining artist, how are you trending? You know, are these indicators that can help you tweak the dials a little bit to refine, you know, whatever it is that you're doing. And so that, that's our goal is, is we're not a merch company. We're not the artists. We're not management. We're not the ones making the decision, but if we provide some information that helps you know, helps those folks uh, make decisions, you know, or, or lead people to a certain path. That's, that's what we aim to do, you know, and, you know, the, the, you know, the debate that comes up all the time is do more items, make more money, you know, like, do I bring more stuff out on the road? And, you know, no, you know, the answer is no. And when we release that, that, um, you know, the, the stat that four items generate 75% of the revenue, you have to think about every additional item in there and the cost associated with that, not just in cost of goods, but also the space in the trailer and the time to count it in. And, and, and we all know that, you know, the name of the game, especially on artist Ben shows is move the fans as fast as you can through there because, you know, it's, 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 uh, it's all about the transaction time, you know, and, and two, it's a shitty thing. If you have a line of fans still and the, the club's like out, you got to go. You know, it's like, that's a bummer for the fan. And so the more items you have, the longer it takes them to make up their mind, you know? Um, and they show up and say, can I get the Ice Nine Kill shirt? Yes, which one? The black one, God damn. But then you know that. <laughs> so, so the, you know, so seriously, I mean, there, there, there's case studies that we worked on where the most, more focused the, the uh, merchandise line is, the faster the transactions are, you know, you're helping the kids make the decisions um, faster and they're, they're rolling through. That doesn't mean you can't have diversity in that line, but, and, the, and, the, and it's different at different stages of each band too, you know? Um, so you kind of look at where are, where are you at? What does the data show you? And then, you know, when we released that, every merchandise company was like, thing we've been saying this for god damn how many years have we been saying this <laughs> you know but then it becomes a conversation between management and artists of whether or not that is what works for that artist you know and their vision of what that merchandise line is so that's kind of our, our you know our, our position in, in sharing some of this information with everybody so like like we will like with data you can almost tell any story you want if you just uh, augment it just the way you want it and where you look at this metric instead of that one I mean, are you looking specifically at like item skews, like 
this one is selling and it's doing its thing. And then sort of the, the, the second question sort of as a follow-up on that is how can an artist know when it's time to move on, even for an item that might still be selling. I can't imagine there was a time where Metallica stopped selling tons of what was his, those plus head shirts back in the eighties, you know, but at some point they went, you know, we just got to move on and then brought it back later, you know? Yeah. And I think that that's, that is a very much a case by case basis. While we have all this information on the unique items that are sold on an item by item basis, we don't share that information. You know, that's private to the band and the merch company, and that's their data. Um, we aggregate everything and in, in an anonymous, uh, anonymous way so that we can share it with, with folks on trends, right? What are the overarching trends here? Black tour t-shirts sell the most, you know? Um, so we don't get into those details, but that's where, going back to my previous comment about service, you know, and the merch company and how they service their artists, it's looking at everything on a you know, skew basis for an artist to identify whether or not something is trending up or down. Is it time to put this item to, to bed? Or, you know, do we keep uh, rolling this thing out? And I think that for, for a lot of folks too, you know, the, the you know, it's interesting because we started this top sellers, you know, um, award for small and mid cap artists and looking back at each one of those artists compared to some of their brethren in that range, they all have some pretty consistent themes, which is, you know, merchandise, tight merchandise lines. I mean, Ice Nine Kills, like you guys have a tight merchandise line. You know, it's it's not, you know, I don't go there and see 30 black t-shirts sitting on the wall, you know, and it's consistent with a lot of the, the bands that we saw continue to evolve through the various size venues. They have, they have imagery that's great, great product. It speaks to them and their fans. It's, it has an identity and it's, it's tight, you know? Um, so I think it, you know, in terms of what the actual item is and when we swap things out, you know, that's up to management artists and the merchandise company looking at your specific trends, your specific data points, and also is it consistent with the next album cycle? You know, so that there's, again, like this is the data, but you know, it's not a rule for, that applies to every scenario for each band, I think is the best way to think about that. Awesome. And I want to talk about albums and, and the album cycle in just a minute. I hope you guys are willing to stay for a few extra minutes because I sure. know we're at time. Uh, uh, Mike, real quick, uh, uh, one of the things that Ben was talking about there was um, uh, just know, you know, knowing what, your fan, what the fans want. And with Spencer doing the drops for Ice Nine Kills, it seems like if, if I were an artist that doesn't yet have that kind of a fan base, I could do drops in the forms of pre-orders just to find out whether people are actually going to like a design or not without going through the expense of actually manufacturing it. Is that something that uh, artists at just a, at, a, at, a, at a lower level trying to get to Spencer's level, that stuff like that, what other types of like ideas should they be utilizing to discover before they go the, through the expense of production whether something's going to sell or not? Yeah, I mean, I, it's definitely an option. You know, the challenge that you've got to be cognizant of there is how long does it take, you know, from the pre-order to fulfillment? As somebody else indicated, we're in the Amazon economy and, you know, we can get away with quite a bit with Ice Nine, especially with that line because, uh, you know, we've got a trained fan base and we spend a lot of time on the quality of those items so people are willing to wait. But um, for a smaller band, that could be challenging. You know, one of the things that we used to do 
we don't have to do it as much, was survey our fans, right? It was either through a direct survey or just a social media survey. You know, there's always a challenge between would I like to buy this and am I going to buy this? Those are two different things, as we all know. And as Ian, I think, stated, you know, you lose people along the, the journey of, you know, the purchase journey. Um, you know, we lose people. We study that stuff, you know, with Einstein to try to improve it. Um, because as we continue to, you know, grow the number of people that are coming in, we want to be able to convert each one. And then also, you know, Spencer, this, this is off of that topic. But one thing that hasn't been mentioned that I've been thinking about, you know, Spencer's merch guy is the master of the upsell, right? When Ben's talking about throw the koozie in with the shirt, you know, we've got a guy who knows every combination that, you know, is really getting at least two items into the hands of every single person. And we've had people come back and say, you know, on social media, like, oh, thank God, you know, that guy convinced me to get this item because, you know, I don't know when I'm going to see Ice Nine again, or it was only limited on this tour or whatever it may be. And we do that in the, in the online capacity as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think for developing artists, you know, these tools exist. They're just uh, sometimes in a little bit of a different um, medium and, um, you know, trial and error. And, and, uh, you know, as we've talked about specific to the coaching platform is, you know, look, the experts on this panel, you know, those are my resources to go to. When I was in a band, when Carl talks about our bands playing with each other, it's like, yeah, I would go to the dudes in other bands and ask them what works and what doesn't. And, um, you know, that's a way for, for the developing artists to connect is within their own little community or in the online community. Hey, what's working for you? What isn't working? Yeah. Mike, I can't believe it's an hour in and I, I haven't asked anybody about upselling. That's, I'm so glad you brought that up. So is there anything strategic about the way things are priced at the merch booth that lends itself to those upsells? A $25 item next to a $15 item, for example. Yeah, I mean, I, I, if the question's to me, absolutely. Um, and we get to play with that. And, you know, the nice thing is we also, you know, have liberty and trust the merch person enough to swing and, and make deals and do all of the things that he needs to do. You know, Ben kind of made a comment of, I think, uh, you know, I can't remember what the term was, but, you know, the, the band selling, like artists sell, I think is what he said. Mm -hmm. You know, we've watched our experience when our artist isn't selling, right? When our merch rep isn't selling, we've gone in and we've got to turn that over to somebody that happens in certain venues or on certain tours, you know, typically uh, our conversion goes down, our per head goes down. Part of that is we're in different environment, other things are more expensive, the ticket itself, the parking, the beer, whatever it may be. But also it's, yeah, I mean, no offense to the dude who's selling it, he's just there to do a job, but he doesn't know right what things go together and and how to convince how to speak to our fan in the language that is so important subscribe today to the daily music business podcast on your favorite podcast platform Hey, what's up? My name's Lurk, and I'm the host of Lamb Goat's Van Flip Podcast. Every week, I have in-depth conversations with bands from all over the scene, big and small. We also like to keep our finger on the pulse and showcase up-and-coming bands on the show as well. So come check out Lamb Goat's Van Flip Podcast.